This episode is brought to you by Creative Edge. Creative Edge specializes in getting exposure for independent artists, writers, and authors. They also specialize in arranging book signings, school, or library events, or other functions pertaining to the arts. If you are interested in seeing what they can do for you, visit them at creative-edge.com. Welcome to In the Mouth of Monster. I'm your host, Monster Dugan, and with me today in the lair is co-host John Shatzer. How are you doing, sir? Fine. How are you doing? Good. Enjoying the holiday season here. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm up to 31 movies. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, it's, we're recording this on the 14th, so my my uh, my string has been pretty good. Uh, just watched uh, Legend of Boggy Creek, which is an old school favorite of mine. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, I've been uh, going through the wrong turns and uh, the final destinations again. I just love those two franchises. They're just a lot of fun. So I've been watching through both of those. Things uh, on the wrong turn franchise, after the first one, for me, they get a little iffy. That first one, I love, and I know there's a lot of CG, and I complain about CG a lot, but the creature design is spot on. And even though it's a CG effect, the the gag with the half a head and the eye still moving that's that's really cool yeah i'll give him yeah. credit for a well-designed kill i like the uh the third one's my favorite one of the franchise i mean uh and then the then the original but i do like parts uh two three and then i think uh, i think it's part five that has uh doug bradley in it and i really enjoyed that one too but which is the one with henry rollins that's part three that's my favorite one yeah that i mean it's okay i Wait, it's either part two or part three. I think it's part two because I don't own part three and I do own the one. I got yeah, one, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. and four. Yeah, I think it is part two, actually, not three. Yeah, three yeah. is my favorite, but I think, yeah, but I do love part two also. Um, I don't know. I, I think it was because to me the kills got a little bit blander and I didn't like the practical effects on the family in the first one are really. Friggin' awesome. And well, it's uh, Stan yeah, Winston. So. Yeah, yeah. And and after that, it just, it, it, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination, except no, for that. But they're not as remake. good. The remake is doo-doo, but, but yeah, yeah, no, I dig them. And, and Final Destination, I mean, people, uh, here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of horror fans complain about that because it's just an excuse to kill a bunch of people in, in crazy ways. And I'm I'm sort of of the opinion of, you're not wrong, but that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, that's the whole franchise. Yeah, it, the franchise has no reoccurring... Well, there are reoccurring characters, and they do try to tell a story. But really, it's like, okay, how are they going to kill the hell out of everybody this time? So Yeah, you know, I mean... I mean, it's, you know, they're fun. They're really good. You know, the the airplane sequence where it blows up the, in the second one, the whole traffic sequence, and in the third one, the... You know, the roller coaster. I, I love all that stuff. The NASCAR one is trippy, too, with, like, the oh, yeah. tire shredding somebody's face off and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that one they played in 3D. I actually saw that in 3D when it came out, uh, you know, in theater, in the theater. But, yeah, I really love those. Uh, there's only five of them, and people are, like, you know, they, they're they like, oh, they're played out. It's like, there's only five. You know how many Saw films there are? Well, those you know, well, the thing about, thing about Final Destination, there's not a real story there. It's the same thing over and over again, which... 
yeah, so what? If you enjoyed the first one and they, they keep coming up with inventive kills, which they do, yeah. then, you know, un- until they start repeating kills. I mean, seriously, I- I'm not a huge Final Destination fan and I wouldn't advocate for it. I've watched them each like once. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan for them, but like the the I had never seen anybody killed by an engine in a drive through before. I'm like, OK, movie. You yeah, showed me something I've never seen before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I said I really love those films. I mean, they're a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. That's that's the basic premise is they're fun. They're just yeah. fun films. They're mindless. Gore I feel like, fun. Yeah, I feel the same way about all the Saw films after the first one. The first one's a kick in the ass. But, yeah, like, the are. rest of them are just, like, inventive traps and horrible situations. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you overthink it and try to put a narrative together in your head, you're going to get annoyed. But... I just watch a Saw movie for the kills. No, I haven't seen Spiral. I hear it's a piece of doo-doo as well. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I but, mean, I've know. seen it, but if I were you, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the worst I've ever seen. One of the worst films I've ever seen, period. So. Yeah, lovely. And it sucks because they had a decent cast and I had hopes for it. Yeah. All right, well, with all that uh, out of the way here, we'll take a break and then we're going to head into our... Uh, Halloween special here. Uh, We have a really cool guest lined up for you today, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to my Halloween Monster Marathon. Well, it's that ghastly night once again, boils and ghouls. It's the monsters. They're watching me. Christine! Swamp Lady's got boobs. I told you that was a one-time thing. Not into that dirty stuff. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little too old to be trick or treating still? I'm ready to pound some beers and smoke some weed. You're gonna be in big trouble, mister! Big trouble! Where are you? We are way past telling your mom! Can't kill what's already dead. back at the in the mouth of monster podcast and we're heading into our halloween special and we have a really talented person with us today director uh writer producer cinematographer zane hirschberger how you doing sir oh good man thank you very much for having me on i appreciate it oh yeah well thank you this is a treat for us Uh, we're really excited to have you on for those of you who don't know zane has worked on one of the coolest Halloween films out there, one that I completely adore and just love, The Barn, and we'll be asking him about that in a little bit. We're going to get to some of your films and stuff, but you're originally from Pennsylvania, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I'm actually from, it's a little town called Shermansdale. Um, it's actually close to Carlisle, PA, and which is itself close, I'd say it's close to Harrisburg. I usually tell people Harrisburg because everyone knows who that's at, but I'm from that this sleepy little no light town, <laughs> no traffic light town in uh, 
in Pennsylvania nice. above Carlisle, above the mountains of Carlisle. Nice. Yeah. Well, where I'm from, uh, you know, back in the eighties and stuff, <laughs> we had dirt roads and stuff like that out here too. So, I mean, I kind of know what you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah. Now we're a booming town, but I mean, back in the day, you know, <laughs> we had to wait for the cattle to cross the road and all that fun stuff. So good days though. Good times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Builds I'm character. Sorry. John here, Zane. I got to ask you a quick question. Since sure. you're mentioning that you're from that area of Pennsylvania, um, do you think there's something in the water? Because you guys are among a lot of other just great independent filmmakers in that area. Can you talk a little bit about what the community's like? Because, I mean, you guys are, you have made some great stuff, but you've also worked with other people who work in that area. And it's just amazing to me that all the cool shit that's happening right there it's like this weird i don't know some Mix. sort of chemical mixture like a hotbed for yeah um I, well one of the things i think is there's there's two not so much anymore with the one but there used to be the art institute of pittsburgh which is why i came out of here and then there's also a um the douglas education center which is in manesson pa that that has the tom savini uh effects makeup uh, school there but there's also a filmmaking uh school there so i think that might draw some people in and um i think it's also for some weird reason like pittsburgh i don't know if it's kind of like like the night of the living dead uh factor <laughs> like that was like one of the coolest like independent films to ever be made and like yeah i don't know i don't know if that kind of like brings people here for that or whether the pittsburgh area is actually a real nice area to film because if you want you know for where I live, 20 minutes down the road is the downtown. So if I want a cityscape, I can go there. 20 minutes north, I'm starting hitting the farmland and stuff. And then I'm kind of around like sort of like suburby areas. So there's a lot of stuff I can choose and think there's like a lot of access to really cool locations. I know it's kind of a cliche question and all, but how did you get into filmmaking? And especially how did you find yourself uh, in the horror genre? Oh, I, I always liked horror growing up. Well, actually, you know what? Let me let me refrain. Like, I used to like not like horror films. I used to be terrified. Of but for some reason, I like dinosaurs. And dinosaurs was like my gateway into horror because dinosaurs then led me to like movies with dinosaurs, which are a lot of monster movies, especially like Godzilla. And then that kind of like stemmed from there, going from Godzilla to other monster films, and then just from there went into horror. So it kind of segued from uh, dinosaurs became my love of dinosaurs into horror. And then um, I always wanted to be a writer. Like, I, I wanted to write novels, actually, originally. But then I, I don't like the format of writing novels. I think it's kind of annoying. So I got I was, I was really into movies, and I was like, you know what? I can always write scripts. So then that's how I kind of started getting. I always really wanted to – I like writing is, like, my favorite thing more than anything. And, but then after a while, I started getting into, like, filmmaking. I said, well, if I don't – like, you know, I, I started thinking, hey, it's kind of cool that I can, like – the thing I'm writing on paper, I can actually create visually. So I always thought that was kind of a cool, like, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how it comes out of your head to film or, or you know, to whatever medium you're shooting on. You know, and then I started to uh, think about, like, hey, you know, like, if I don't do, you know, because no one else is going to do it for me, I got to do it myself. So I started, like, trying to learn how to use cameras and things like that. And uh, the barn was, like, my big... Uh, I, I had messed around and did some stupid stuff before that. And then um, the barn was my big test, like, to see what I could kind of do. And then and I just kind of springboarded into uh, filming other stuff and then my own stuff. 
Yeah, and you have some great films, um, and we'll we'll talk about a little bit about some of those coming up. But I did want to ask you too. You have a podcast of your own uh, called the Infestation Podcast, uh, yes. kind of similar to this podcast, being that you just interview people in the film industry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How that got started? Yeah. So I met a buddy of mine, Joe Fitos. I met him at I believe it was Monster Mania, and him, me, and Justin, we all became fast friends. And Joe had come to us about uh, doing a podcast. We wanted to, you know, see the big horror fans. Started wanting to uh, interview and talk about movies. And originally, we kicked around the idea of doing a review show. But we were like, kind of like, eh, review shows are so kind of typical. Like, I, I think it's more interesting talking to people that make the movies than you know, just sitting there and go, oh, this movie sucks. This movie was good. You know, it's like, like you know, opinions. It's just you know, it's subjective. So I thought it was more interesting to uh, to listen and see what people say about their films, their, their trials and tribulations making the movies. So it just stemmed from there, and we just started like bringing, going to like uh, film festivals, like Genre Blast and things like that. We meet filmmakers, and with Justin running Screen Team, he meets filmmakers who are always trying to you know trying to bring more people, guests on, and get different stories about how hard it is making indie films. Yeah, I just shot my own first short film, so. I know the uh, the trials and tribulations of trying to shoot and make your own into you know your own film individually. So it was it was uh, a challenge, but you know still fun. I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the hell out of it. So well, what's funny is we always say like what like you're about three quarters of the way and maybe when you're in post you're going what why am I doing this like what am I doing <laughs> and then at the end you're be like man thank God that's over with and you're like I want to make something new <laughs> and like. Weeks later in production, you're like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> Talking about about shooting your own stuff, and I, I know we're going to talk about the barn, which you were the director of photography on, but I need to talk to you about 1031. Um, you did a segment called Trespassers, yes. and you, you wrote it, and you directed it. So I got to ask, man, as a, as a fellow grown up in farm country kind of guy, I don't think anybody who hasn't grown up in the area has ever really knows how creepy it is at, at dark in a cornfield at a certain time of year in the fall when everything's dead. Um, oh, yeah. Where did that idea come from? And can you talk a little bit about it? Because that was so cool. I really loved it. And is uh, that like based on a local legend or you just pull it yeah. out of your head? No, I just pulled that out of my, my head. Basically what happened was, I sat down and uh, Rocky, well, originally Rocky was going to do all the, the stories himself. And then I was like, well, how many stories do you have? And he was like, oh, I got one or two. And I was like, and I was kind of like fishing. I was like, fine, if I write one? And he's like, sure. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And I'm a huge fan, like, and I don't think they make enough of killer scarecrow movies. So I'm like, I, I'm going to do a, a scarecrow, my own scarecrow movie. And when I sat down and I started thinking, I go, yeah, but like, there's only so much you can do with a scarecrow. It's like, oh, uh, he hops off, you know. So I'm like, I'm like I kind of want to make it a little bit different. So I started, I'm, I'm running around thinking like, okay, why is this scarecrow coming alive? Like, what is, what's he doing? Like, why is he? And then it, I started thinking about the post that they put him up on. And then it dawned on me, I go, dude, the post is like a gigantic cross. And then it hit me, I go, he's a vampire. And like the, the cross is, uh, that he's on is basically keeping him dormant until he comes off the cross. So then from there, I started building the story off that. As soon as I got the idea, I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. So I wrote the whole thing out kind of like a 
I didn't write the whole script. I kind of wrote a, uh, a real detailed treatment, and I said to Rocky, I go, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, this, this is cool. So we're like, yep, I said that. I'm definitely down with this. And then I, I got my two actors involved, uh, Chad Bruns and Sable Grindel, and they, they were about it. So we just ran with it from there. And I said, it was a, it was a good shoot. It was fun. I really enjoyed shooting that, that uh, segment. Excellent. And then you did a segment for part two as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I, well, I did a... Um, so I think we were in the middle. We might have been either in the, we started filming Force the Fear or we were just getting ready to. And I, I couldn't commit to the second one completely because I'm like, it's too much trying to do a feature and then trying to do another short on top of it. So I asked Rocky, I'd say, hey, you do a, you'd be cool if I make like a fake movie trailer. He was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So I came up with the treaters idea and I said I ran it by everyone and they all really enjoyed it. And again, I had such a blast. That actually is probably one of my favorite things I've ever done, to tell you the truth. Because when I watched it, I was just like, this reminds me exactly of something I probably would have landed when I was like a kid in the video store. That's that's why that one's like real near and dear to my heart, because it came out just perfect. What are the chances that you end up macheteing that and turning it into a movie? Well, so once we started showing it to Pete, like people were, I mean, well, one of the things is I really liked filming it. That I said, I really enjoyed it a lot. I said, and, and then I started seeing people saying, man, you've got to make this into a feature. And like, like several people told me that. And I was like, you know what, maybe I might. So it's kind of funny because I brought it up to Sable and um, she was kind of hemming and hawing about it. She's like, I don't know if you can really make that into like a feature, feature film. And I definitely like challenges, so I go, oh, well, here. So I started brainstorming ideas, and when I came down, I wrote the, I gave her the basic synopsis of what happened, and she was like, okay, she did, this, is, this is cool. So then she and I sat down, and we basically hammered the script out, and that's how Treaters the Feature came to be. Excellent. So that, that means that we might get it then, or? Oh, yeah. It's being made. Oh, hell and yeah. We, uh, I think we start we start shooting in like a, like two weeks. Fantastic. And you're doing a, a segment for part three also. Is that correct? You, there's a part three coming in? Yes. With 1031 part three. I, uh, Rocky came to me. Uh, he, he actually presented me. There's a, there was actually what I consider like a dream team part of it. He, I mean, he's got great guys now, but uh, John Hale, uh, another great filmmaker um, who worked, I worked on his killer caribou segment and, uh, 13 Slaves of Christmas. Uh, he was actually on board originally, and I was like, oh, man, I'm, it was him, Michael Bolliff. I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Bolliff's work from uh, The Witching Season, and he did a feature called uh, They Live Inside Us. Fantastic filmmaker. And those guys were involved, and I was like, man, I am definitely in with these. If, if these guys are in, I'm definitely in. And unfortunately, John had to bail out, but um, he got some other good uh, – Jacob Parrott, who did uh, – Spine Chiller and uh, Brad Twig, and he, who's a, a filmmaker. He's done several movies. He's working on one, and I, I feel bad because I can't remember if it's, it's called. I think it's called Freak Show. Maybe it's called Freak Show. It's a, it's another it's another Halloween movie he's working on. So I was like, yeah, I still you know it's cool. I'll be involved with that. Uh, it's funny because I had a different, completely different idea originally, and I kind of liked the idea, but I was wanted by it. I go. And believe it, I actually got, from watching some reviews, people were kind of criticizing Trespassers a little bit, saying it was too long. They were saying, like, it was too talky. 
So I was kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna go the opposite side of this. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna make something that's very fast paced, very uh, just balls to the wall action. It's very Sam Raimi esque. So that's how I came up with Hack in the Box, which is my segment for uh, 10:31 Part Three about these uh, these. It's kind of like you, you're starting in the middle, or like maybe the the climax of a horror film where this girl is racing this uh, this cursed Jack in the Box back to these other girls so they can set up a trap for the uh, the thing, the Jack that lives inside of it, it's like an evil uh, an evil Jack. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Can I ask you another question about 1031? Yeah, absolutely. So you were the cinematographer for the old hag segment? I was, yes. And that is, I mean, again, I, I warned you before we started, I'm a big fan. So, um, and I, I normally don't gush like this, but uh, that the photography and the way it's lit and shot is so creepy. Oh, um, thank you. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach something like that? And then, of course, that was a that house was a beautiful location, and you captured it like amazingly. Yeah, I mean, that that place basically set designed itself. It was amazing. It's called the Montgomery Mansion, and it's uh, it's right down there. It's, it's basically like five minutes. From, I mean, Justin Christ throw a stone from the house and hit it. And um, so we went down there, and he he got the place. We went in and and I was just like I, I love like going into a place like that. It really, it really inspires you, you know. To, to you're like this looks amazing. So a lot of it was like I'm a huge fan of like old school stuff. Like um, I like the blue lights, like specific moonlight coming in the windows, with like branches in front of it blowing. You know, like I love that. It's just classic to me, like creep stuff. And um, I'm a huge fan of like using shadows and. And also color as well. Like I, I love movies. Like I love a lot of Guillermo del Toro stuff because the stuff's very vibrant. And I, I like that. Like I, I don't like some of these newer horror films that kind of mute everything. I, I get sometimes why they do it, but like I'm I'm a real big fan of color. I love like like the old Hammer films that they seem to have like a real like lushness to them, and yeah. I and I love I love that uh, that look because I think you know it's almost like you're making you're making a movie. In my opinion, you're also doing like basically like a moving picture, like a movie painting. So I always like to have like colors and things like that, just things that people go, oh, that looks really nice. Because now I do like you know, in a horror film, I think I want to scare people. I also kind of want them to just be like, oh, this is very nice to look at. Like, what a nice, what a nice looking thing. <laughs> so speaking of beautiful films, um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, film Force to Fear that you directed that just came out. And I want to say we reviewed that on on our podcast here, and that was a fantastic film and. One of the best that we've seen this year, and you know, we've, me and John, between the two of us being reviewers and stuff, we've seen a ton of stuff this year, and this is just a great film. I really enjoyed the action sequences and the choreography and the fight, the fight scenes. And I mean, I always, I always say this on the podcast and stuff, but I do martial arts, and so, you know, seeing what you guys put together, I was really impressed that you know everything looked great and seemed to flow great, and the fight scenes were just really phenomenal. You know, for being an independent film. So, can you tell me a little bit about that film and how you came about doing all that? And sure. Um. So originally, so I actually had a co-director and co-creator with that was uh, Chad Bruns, who's actually in the movie as well. So I, I, so we had access to this school because a, a buddy of ours actually worked on that school it was like a haunted house, like on the side. And October, it's a haunted house. We had access to it, and I was like, I, I told him one day, I was like, man, we should we should make like a 
we, we got to make a movie with this is cool because we don't know how long it, it'll be around or how long, you know, we'll have access to it. We should like make a movie. So Chad starts, and, and Chad's a really funny guy. He's, he's like a goofball. He was like pitching me these kind of ridiculous ideas at first. But then they started getting more grounded. I still thought he was messing with me. And I was like, oh, no, he's serious. He really wants to make a movie. So he pitched me this one idea about like the the cops having the guy hostage in the school and the uh, the kids come in. And I was like, this is, this is a cool idea. We can work with this. So we started kicking ideas around. And then uh, from there, just spitballing ideas, it turned into like kind of what, what it is now. But like what was funny was um, originally the, the killer, which is called The Target, he was supposed to be like a uh, sort of like a like a deformed creature, sort of kind of like from that movie Creep, that one that takes place in Britain. Like he was supposed to be more monstrous. Yeah, yeah he was supposed to be more monstrous than that. But when we when they when we started doing the stuff about them being like vigilantes and the cops, the monster guy didn't kind of fit the story. So I'm like, man, what's this killer gonna look like if they're looking? And one day I was just sitting there and I was looking around and I came across the cover of the movie The Wraith with Charlie Sheen in it. And they have him in that, that racing suit with the, the futuristic looking like helmet and stuff. And I was like, that's the guy. I'm like, that is what the killer should look like. I said, man, it completely took off. And I go, this guy's going to be streamlined. He's going to have weapons coming out of him like a, like a fucking ninja. And like I said, that's how this is going to go down. And then it all kind of started piecing together like pretty well. And and the more we wrote into it, I just started like pulling stuff from the movies like Revenge of the Ninja and all these movies I used to love. And I'm like, man, I want these guys like throwing stars. I want them using all kinds of like fun. Because now I'm like a kid in a candy store. Chad's like, all right, man, calm down. And I'm like, shut up, Chad. I got to ask you a question, though. Sure. Why did he drop the nail gun? Okay, so basically that was <laughs> a – I guess he could have reused, but that's basically a zip gun. Most mm -hmm. of the time, those are one-shot guns. Gotcha. Like it, it's like, so that was actually a, a functioning, my buddy actually built as a functioning zip gun. So basically what you do is you would have to you separate it. You could put a shotgun shell or whatever in it. And basically what happens is when you, it's sort of like, it'd be like you using like a muzzle loader. Like you basically have to like really mess with it to get it back together in the shoot. Gotcha. So basically what, what it is, is when you, the, the back end of it, it slides together like, like one of the slide whistles, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, when you take it apart, you would put the shell on the front end and the back end would slide on. And inside the back end, there's a little nail that's like the primer. So when you slam it in, it, it hits the back of the bolt or the, the shell and then it ignites. So and we figured it was kind of like I said, that's the one thing where he wanted to do and do a real quick kill because he's supposed to try and kill Chad. Um, is he supposed to like you know shoot him and then he runs? He's trying to lead them away so he can like pick them off one by one. So we just use it as like a quick gag for like he comes in, shoots him, and then uh, it's supposed to be like a shocking scene. He just runs and of course we made a joke out where he's like, oh, what the hell? You guys need a weapon for right this second? And he just kind of runs in and blows him out the window. <laughs> so. You know, I, I got this comment, and I want to ask you: Could you also? Uh, I know you. You say you were uh, you guy. Yeah, you were spitballing with somebody else, but it's so interesting when you were putting together Force to Fear. The one thing, you know, uh, Monster was into the uh, the choreography, and, and me, I'm yeah. watching it going, okay. You know, at one point, I'm like, all right, this must be some sort of crime drama. That's kind of cool. And then, oh, there's a killer. All right, well, that's kind of, well, they're vigilantes. They're not just victims. Well, that's kind of cool. And then the killer 
you know, it's 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 almost like a slasher movie, but somebody finally figured out if we're going to have a slasher, it's a regular guy. Let's put him in body armor. Why wouldn't he be prepared in body armor? Yeah. That's such a genius idea. That's what I wanted. And and I think you guys touched on this in your interview. Like, I, we didn't want him to be like Jason either. We did want him to, like, he does get hurt. And he can be, he's just, a, he is just a guy. But, like, the whole the whole point originally is he has the element of surprise at first because a lot of them in the group don't know exactly what they're up against. And obviously the other cops on her don't know he's there. So when he first starts attacking everyone, nobody's like quite sure like what what he is. But then once they, they get their bearings, uh, the two characters, uh, which is uh, Nexus Lions and Sable Gridel play uh, Pitt and uh, Nova, when they team up, they beat the shit out of them pretty much then. And it's like, because yeah. we're thinking, because we're, we're trying to think, yeah, this guy to be a little bit on the realistic side of like, you know, it's already a movie, but like, there should be things that make sense. And if, and also we try to take in the fact that the, like we'll call them the lesser members of the group aren't as strong or as, as uh, experienced as the other ones are. So that's why at the end it takes two of them to fight Sable's character at the end. Cause she's sort of like, cause when we read the script originally, we just called, we didn't know what the names were. We called them alpha one and alpha two, which were the two main ones. So they're the strong ones of the group. So basically that's why it takes two of them to fight her at the end. Cause she's the most like, experienced fighter out of them so we try to make that stuff all make sense if you watch the movie like that's why her and Pitt, even though that dude's in body armor they beat the shit out of him because they gang up on him and you know towards the end like the weaker members of the gang fight her and she's a lot tougher so we, so we all wanted that to make sense yeah, it was excellent excellent thank you and monster i know i heard you were talking about the spinning elbows <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the review, what's kind of funny because there's another guy that reviewed it and he kept talking about how we used too many Superman punches, and I'm like, I kind of like the Superman punches. That's why. Actually, yeah, that like, that fit in just perfect. No, I only said the spinning elbow because you know, as like I said, as a martial artist, I mean, I fight weekly, so I mean, you know, we spar. Yeah. Like I sparred last night. None of us throw spinning elbows. You know, yeah, what I mean, it's too hard to. Act, and a yeah. real fight is too hard to throw, but. Yeah. But I mean, you're for the sake of the film, close. you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah you guys close for one and two, you're putting your back to your opponent. So it's like, yeah, but we're just figuring it's like, it, to me, it always made sense. If you're, if you're throwing like a super water, like hook punch, it's the net. You're doing that momentum. To yeah. Just carry through and spin. And that girl, April. So another thing was when I trained every like, so April who played uh, Anomaly, Sable who played Nova and Ginny Grydell who played uh, Vega. They had no fighting experience at all. I had to train them for like three months to uh, to do everything. And each of them had Sable actually took to everything very well, like pretty much everything. She was she was great. Uh, Ginny, um, she's got she's built sort of like a dancer. Like her legs are like real like muscular. So um, I was told her I was like, you're gonna be a kicker. Like you're a power kicker. And uh, it's like that's that's where the strength is. And April. Um, she couldn't really do like jumping, like her kicks. I don't like, I'm I'm trying to talk down, but like her kicks were okay. They weren't like the greatest hard to get to a certain level. So yeah, I mean, right. So I, cause she never did it before and she, and she did great for, for never knowing, you know? So I told her, I said, all right, well, I said, we'll make this, we'll make this, you know, your thing. Like not everyone will fight the same way. So I said, you're not a great kicker. I said, but you're more kind of getting close doing the elbows, hooks and knees. Like I go, that's, she did those really well. 
I was like, that's it. That's your strength. I go, in your character, you're going to be a lot of knees, elbows, almost like a street brawler. Like, you get in close, throwing elbows. And she never does a headbutt, like, you know, headbutts, or headbutts, knees, you know, things like that. I go, that's, that's your strength. So that was kind of interesting, too, was to, uh, to work work in like what the people were able to do so that kind of helped dictate how things went in the story as well and and you, so you uh talked about training them did you train them like professionally through some somebody else or did you guys just you know work no, it I, out? Oh, I train i have a black belt in karate so i trained them oh okay my, awesome i didn't know that yeah 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 so i trained them myself and uh we would go to the park on the weekends and stuff and uh sometimes during the week and i did first i did so I had to train them like very fast up through everything. I trained them from like white belt up to as far as we could go. I'm like, starting with just here's blocks, here's yeah. punches, advanced punches, here's basic kicks, here's flashes. Sable was, I said April and that didn't get to the two flashes. Sable was actually going up very well like fast. So she was able to do more like spin kicks, jump kicks. Yeah. She went there like pretty, uh, pretty well, which worked for her character perfect. Once we, uh, once we started getting them comfortable in that, then we I started like kind of meeting up with them each and started going through. I go, okay, let's uh, let's talk about this fight. So this guy comes in and we would just slowly walk through. I go, what if he does this and then this and we just started walking through the fights. And then when we started getting the fights together, like uh, Ted up uh, Ted Opalinski who plays the target, he's a big like muscly guy bodybuilder. Uh, he did some MMA fighting, and when we would do like talking to him about the fights and that uh, he would say it through some of the core out he'd be like i don't know if i'd do that he was like i'd i'd probably do this so i would listen to him i'd go yeah i said do that like whatever you're comfortable with let's uh let's do it so we would just break down what everyone was kind of comfortable with doing and uh and it worked out yeah because that's the thing in real fighting is everybody um you know not and not everybody uses the same uh techniques and the same things either. right but he ha- is they, they get comfortable with using their certain ones that work for them. That's, you know, yeah. that's what we're told and we're taught. Uh, because I do karate as well. I'm actually working on my brown belt right now. So, clo- you know, about a year about a year or so out from getting a black belt. So, you know, awesome. I'll, be up there, I'll be up there with you as well. So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I didn't know that you did that. I didn't know that you were the one that choreogra- choreographed all that. And, man, yeah, those fight scenes are fantastic. I mean, for especially awesome. for independent film, it's, that's Hollywood budget stuff. And it's like, you know, to see that in a that's- film like it was amazing. So thank you. That that's what I wanted to uh, to do because like I grew up watching like a lot of the, like the martial like Van Damme movies, uh, Don the Dragon Wilson, and, like all. I mean, I loved all those guys' movies, and um, I watched a lot of them. And I actually, when I watched them, I I watched how they would film the scenes. When we were doing this, and I've seen a lot of indie films, and, and the one thing that bothers me about indie films is like they're, they're, the fights aren't that great. You can tell people are pulling punches or. Uh, they, I think they just go, just fight. <laughs> they just let them throw a fight, or they'll just say, throw a punch. Like they, we knew, like, when you're doing that stuff, not only is it the people have to be on, the camera has to be in the right position, too. Like, you have to, like, everything has to work together. Yeah. Um, you just can't step and go, okay, you guys just wrestle around a little bit and fight. It's just not going to work. It's going to look dumb. It's not going to work. Because certain angles look better for certain techniques and, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah. I have to ask you. So me and John got into a little uh, contention about this, which I, I mean, you listened to the episode, so you probably heard. But right. so let's talk about the one uh, crazy stunt you had in there, where the girl uses the bullet to—I um, mean, spoilers for those who haven't seen it—but 
So if, if you're listening, pause it real quick and, and pass this up. Um, but the thumb trick where she uses the bullet to uh, uh, escape yeah. handcuffs. So where did you come up with that? And, uh, you know, how, how because we were talking about how effective it would be and if you would be able to shoot the handcuff off or not. But John was saying they have handcuffs that aren't, you know, that the they have ones that are tough enough to withstand bullets and stuff. So I, I think John's right. I'm fairly certain they do make them where they, they're not easily breakable like using a bullet on them but my idea was because honestly she probably could have broke her hand and pulled it out or something but like i thought that was like kind of typical i wanted to do something different so i thought of like a, i was like what if she has a bullet and then I, and then i said she has a screw or a nail just kind of like the, the zip gun and you just use the nail as a primer i don't know if that would really work probably not but i just thought it was like in a movie sense I thought it was kind of a cool thing that she would just blow her thumb off. Plus, I wanted—I just wanted to add one more gore thing to the end of the movie. I was like, "What? She blows her thumb off?" Or, or I was thinking maybe she thinks she's going to. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about, it, I think really she was trying to do the handcuff, but it blew her thumb off. Like it was just because it's pretty dangerous if you think about it. It's like a pretty dangerous oh, yeah. thing going, and there's a lot of there's a lot of margin for error there. And I was like, I think it was supposed to be she was trying to get the cuff. But it ended up blowing her, her thumb off, but it worked anyways because she was able to slip out. And now she's like super at the end. You know, she's still alive and they got away and she's super pissed and she's missing a thumb. <laughs> so she's like super, uh, super angry. But I was kind of cool if she came back later on, like in the, if we ever, like, if we did a sequel, she could have like a gauntlet or something that has like the, the thumbs missing. But if, say, she'd go to fight someone, she looks like she's giving him a thumbs up and this blade would come out where her thumb is. I was about to ask that because uh, you really do leave the movie open for her to be a, kind of a new killer and be pursuing them. And I didn't know if you had any ideas for a sequel. So everyone's heard my stance on this amongst my friends. I, I probably will never do sequels to anything I do just because I I have so many ideas. Like I have books or not books, but like notebooks full of uh, ideas. I get, I, I'm never going to make all the movies I ever want to make because <laughs> too many. So I always thought that if I would do it, at least I think that this has a chance too, because I would pick up what she said. She goes, I'm going to start my own team and then I'm coming after you. So the whole thing is they would be in a, they're like, okay, we've kind of settled down now. They might be together. And then her and this whole group comes after them. Then like, that would be the sequel with like this, this band of uh, this new group, this new team is coming after them for, with her, like, you know, leading us for revenge. So that's probably because it kind of makes sense in like a canon film. It seems like that type of uh, that type of plot, where it's like revenge time. We're coming back to kick the shit out of you guys. Well, I just gotta say I really enjoyed this film, and it, I mean I've seen people talking already about it, saying that it's it's it possibly the best independent film of the year so far. So I mean I just want to congrats, and it's one hell of a film, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, and like I said uh, on the podcast, and you you had thanked Maddie, but uh, yeah, she was. The one that was like, this is my favorite thing I've seen this year. And whenever Maddie says that, you know, considering we do the, me and John do the shitty shark show podcast with her, we always hop on to whatever any of us are watching, you know? So we, I was like, I, and I saw you posting about it and I was like, oh man, I got to reach out and see about, uh, you know, reviewing that for the show because, you know, I wanted to see what Maddie was talking about. And I got to say for independent films, I mean, it's not necessarily a horror film, but there are horror yeah. themes in it. So but it's a, just a fantastic action film. And like I said, the the fight scenes are, you know, top notch. I mean, like I said, they're Hollywood stuff, you know, Hollywood budget type 
choreographed scenes, which, which is fantastic that you're the one that actually taught them all that stuff. And that's just, I mean, that makes it that much more special, you know, but yeah, just a great film overall. Yeah. And really. Yeah. If you, um, if anyone gets the Blu-ray, we actually have our, we actually recorded our fight, uh, choreography, like little practices in, uh, in the park. So it's one of the bonus materials on the Blu-ray is, uh, us in the park walking through the fight scenes. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm actually, not happy with that. Actually, the one thing that was kind of a bummer with it, it just because time ran away from us, uh, the one actress had to leave, like she was moving to LA. So we had to cut her, uh, the fight down because originally what was supposed to happen was the three of them were fighting. Chad's character, Socks, was the one that was supposed to get kind of incapacitated. And then Anomaly was the one that, that it was her and Nova fighting at the end. And, and it was a lot longer and, and a lot more violent. Like Nova's, when she has her brass knuckles on at one part, she hits these buttons on them, these stilettos come out of the bottom of them. And she's trying to stab her and say, like, it, it got like, way, it was like way more uh, crazy and violent. It was actually longer. We had to cut it down because April left, but yeah, it got, it got way more violent. And, uh, just a lot more fighting to the point where like they could barely stand at the end in the script. Like they were just so beaten up. That's always the best though. <laughs> yeah, no, I was happy with still the way it came out. I was, you know, it's, we were always wondering how well it was going to be received. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge martial arts fan, but a lot of people, or I wouldn't say a lot, but like some people aren't like, even though some people like action movies, they don't like karate movies. Cause they're just like, yeah. some people just want to see blow things blowing up and guns. Stuff like that, and then some people are like, eh, because some people don't like that people fight for so long and don't get, you know, it's just they have the staples of horror movies do. Like, you know, you can take on thirty guys, one guy beats up thirty guys, yeah. they don't get tired, they get, you know, and just, but you know, I love them. I think it's cool. I always like martial arts movies. Well, and you know, the cool thing, I, I don't know that anybody really, if anybody's listening to this, you haven't seen the movie yet. Understand, this is like this cool hybrid of action karate horror i mean it's just even a little bit of comedy in there and some jokes uh you just the script has a little bit of everything for anybody that could want that's that's kind of what we wanted to do but actually it's kind of funny because you mentioned i think in the review you mentioned the warriors that was one of the i said i when i was trying to pitch it to chad originally i go think the war if the warriors fought the collector like in a movie like that i go that's kind of what 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 i'm thinking like this band this gang of people fight the collector maybe he's not so trap because it was kind of hard he's not so trap oriented but he's more like a ninja but that was basically like the concept that was i was talking to him about because we watched several movies that we were inspired by actually another one i don't know it wasn't it didn't really rely a whole lot on it, but one that i was like it kind of we went to was this movie called mind hunters from drawing a blank on the yeah, year. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. The Ren- yeah, the Rennie Harlan one where they go to like the their um the crime scene investigators and then this guy starts killing them off on the island. Like that was another one we used for inspiration. So um being that we're doing our Halloween special here and we're and we're talking you know it's it's October and we're talking a little bit of uh horror and Halloween here. Um let's talk about your movie The Barn. Um how did you get involved in that and um, you know, what, what is it like now that that's becoming a huge cult classic and getting a, you know, gathering a, a really huge following? So oddly enough, like I got, 
involved in that was there was a, a different uh, cinematographer originally. And that that gentleman brought me on to help out as a uh, second unit or, or just camera B to help out. And for some reason, him and he and Justin, uh, after a while, started butting heads and didn't get along too well. And um, we went up to a certain point, and it was done. And, every, and they said they went their separate ways, and they kind of like didn't dislike each other. But I, I still like the project because I'm in the '80s horror. So I asked Justin. I, I kept contacting him, going, "Hey, man, like, you know, how's everything looking?" And he was just down the dumps. He's like, man, it's, it's not looking good. He goes, we're missing stuff. Some of the stuff that was shot uh, didn't look great and things like that. And I felt bad for him. I was like, well, let's let's take a look at it and see what we can do. So we went back and, and we kind of recentered everything. And I said, you know what, dude, let's, let's, just, uh, let's just start from scratch. And, like, whatever, you know, if there's things you like, we'll keep it. Things you don't like, we'll redo it and do it better. And that's it. I went back and I became cinematographer then. And we just went again and uh redid it all for the best because you know when he he first brought me in after he edited it all together and when i saw it i was super impressed with it i was i mean it was i was like wow this this looks really good man i was like i, I love this so i gotta ask you a question because you're you said you're a horror fan like me what was it like working with linnea quigley that was crazy because you know Growing up, like, along the way, like, working with what we've been doing, um, if you would have told me, like, when I was a kid that I would work with Linnea Quigley, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Like, it's just, like, something I never thought would have happened. If you would have told me it probably, like, probably, like, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Um, it was just really cool. Uh. I didn't know what to expect at first. I, I thought maybe like she was gonna be kind of like you know maybe a prima donna on set or something like that. Not at all. She's the, she's the most nicest person. She's so sweet. Uh, she's funny. Like I just I mean I, it was it was a treat to work with her. I was like a giddy little schoolgirl. You know, it's like oh my god, yeah, it's bringing in stuff. I was like <laughs> it was almost like uh, Chris Farley <laughs> when he was like interviewing. Uh, it was a Martin yeah. Scorsese, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. remember Creepazoids? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, wasn't that great? Like, Creepazoids? <laughs> I'm like, remember Night of Demons? Like, Night of Demons is cool. <laughs> it's like, so, but no, she she was fine. She was laughing. She was always, like, bringing up all the movies she was in. I was actually trying to show off and say, I know all the movies you were in. So I was like, even the really weird and obscure ones. And, um, yeah, she was... She was super nice, and then uh, I said we got to work not uh, about a year ago. Where we have another project that Justin and I are working on called Cryptids, mm-hmm. and, and we got to work with Joe Bob Briggs, which that was that was a huge highlight for me. Like working with Joe Bob Briggs was like so freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I love him. You got to meet him once. He's he's a really good, cool guy. Yeah, he was super cool. Then we just for the barn too. We just worked with. Um, Doug Bradley, which was cool. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he actually lives out here in Pittsburgh, oddly enough. Oh. Which. And then. I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I for a long time I didn't realize that like, but yeah, he apparently lives here. <laughs> he lives out in Monroeville. Yeah, I was gonna say so you worked with uh, Ari uh, Lemon or uh, Ari Lemon, yeah. 
football. He's horrible with the names, which is, you know, for people that don't know, it's the original Jason that, po- you know, the kid that pops out of the lake in the original first Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like working with him? Was, I mean, because I see he's been in a bunch of stuff as of recently. He's been popping up and things and stuff. He's definitely a character for sure. <laughs> he, fit, yeah. he fit that character perfectly. I mean, we couldn't ask for a better dude. Actually, originally, Justin wanted Tom Savini to play that character. And he's, his price was a little too high. So, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it is Tom Savini, you know? So. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a little high price-wise. So we um we went in and the part wasn't like super big either. That's what that's what we were looking at. Like probably would have paid it if it was like a bigger part, but like he's really not in that movie a whole lot. And it was it was it was big enough for like do we really want you know it's like you gotta figure you wanna pay for that for that little bit of time. So we were able to, we shot RE stuff in one day. And um so we were sitting there trying to think of people, and I think we were at a show. And if you just look at Ari, I'm like, I'm like, dude, that, I, I told Justin, I'm like, that guy looks like this guy you're you're talking about in this movie. Like, like he looks like a rock, like a you know a shock jock, or whatever, like a yeah. or like a you know, looks like it. So I went up to him, like, uh, and I talked to him. I'd say, hey, we're talking about doing this movie and with this character. Dr. Rock, I explained to him, and he just starts going, that's what, I'm Dr. Rock. I'm Dr. Rock. And he starts like, <laughs> I was like, yes, he's Dr. Rock. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, what is it like, uh, you know, because I, I assume that film didn't get a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, you know, fandom and whatnot to begin with, but now it's really, it seems like people are really, uh, you know, connecting with it and starting to really appreciate that film. Which you know, uh, yeah. love it because there's the stuff you guys did in it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you wrote this or whatever, but you know the 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 secrets to Halloween. You know his tips to Halloween, his his rules he lives by. The main character. That, you know. that was all. Ju- that was all Justin stuff. He um. So he wrote that book. It, it was like I used to do the same thing actually when I was a kid. I used to make like these little books, like just like little like comic books of my own. And so my brother did the same thing, but Justin made like a little like pamphlet like book with these monsters and stuff in it and he always that was something special to him i think he was like eight and uh he wanted to make the movie based off that books he went back took his little books out and uh basically wrote a script based off of uh his books so that yeah that was all all that stuff was justin's uh came out of justin's head I, I, can I just, uh, since you're I'm, uh, working with people and, and Savini came up being kind of local there, you know, I just want to plant a seed. Uh, Atkins lives in Pittsburgh, last I heard. Yes, we well, we try to get Tom Atkins. <laughs> he was, uh, he was, a little, he was expensive as well. Too. Oh. Actually, tell you the truth, another thing too is I think like we're not, we're not union. We're not SAG or anything. Gotcha. And they, they won't, they won't touch us with like a, a bowl. Which I understand. That's their union rules and whatever. But, yeah. like, but that, that's another reason. To, uh, yeah, we just couldn't union. Well, so I, I have to ask. So there is a barn two in the works. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, is, uh, can you tell us anything about that at all? 
yeah, so it just uh, it continued. It picks up where the other one left off. It kind of centers on a separate character that we've seen from the first movie, and it kind of goes with that character's story arc and um, some surprises along the way where certain people turn off. <laughs> I won't tell too much, but like uh, the monsters return back, and there's more. There's uh, I, I think I could I think I can say there's zombies with them this time. So. And there's other other weird surprises along the way. It's sort of a a grab bag of you know. It's like if you get a Halloween treat bag, and there's like all kinds of shit in there, like you know, all kinds of stuff. It's like how it is. It's just a grab bag of all kinds of crazy stuff in there. So there's a there's a there's a zombie street fight <laughs> where everyone's on the street fighting zombies, which is that was the first thing we ever filmed, which was that's awesome. That was, that's a rough weekend. The first weekend we ever filmed, and it was there were long days, a lot of fight choreography. Again, I came back, I choreographed the fighting in that. Um, nice. Ari gets to do more stuff in it. He gets to he gets to fight some zombies. So we're getting minor forty nine er back, and uh, yeah, yeah, they all oh. they all come back. Yep. Awesome. Oh man, I'm excited for that. I can't wait to see that. That's one of the, like I said, that's one of those films that I caught a while back, you know, and, and watched, and a lot of people didn't know about it at the time or anything, and I tried telling people, you know, but it's, you know, it's one of those indie films that, you know, how the ma the masses are, they don't necessarily, you know, watch indie films and things like that, right. but I kept trying to get that name out, because I was like, man, if you guys haven't seen it, because, you know, for being, especially for being a Halloween film, I mean, it has almost every aspect of Halloween, I mean, you got pretty much a haunted house you got cool costumes you got trick-or-treating you got i mean literally everything you know anything you could possibly want you got monsters you got you know supernatural stuff i mean everything well, so i just love what those was, what was funny was originally when i read the script like every every uh place i've ever wanted to film was in it like there was a roller skating rink there was a schoolhouse there was um, a couple other, I'm trying to remember, there's like other things I told him. I was like, dude, this has like every, a barn. I was like, this has every location I've ever wanted to film, like, and like for a movie, and they're all in one movie. I was like, the only thing you don't have in it is a graveyard, and then we end up writing a graveyard scene later on in the movie. And I'm like, there it is, it's all, it's all there. That's awesome. Hey, I have a quick question for you since we're jumping around. Sure. Um, cryptids which you had mentioned uh where can we watch cryptids so we're we're still working on it right now we um we're finishing up because we that that's been a uh that's been an ongoing uh struggle with that movie because i i started that movie uh probably close to eight years ago and there was a group of us that were going to do this before i met justin we we're going to work on it <clears throat> um we came up with the concept. It's basically, it's just a radio DJ that has like a show kind of like Coast to Coast with Art Bell. And on this particular night, he's talking about cryptozoology because growing up, I love that stuff. I love like monsters. And, oh, know. yeah. I mean, obviously, this that's what this show is titled in the mouth of my, I'm a huge yeah. crypto. I'm a huge crypto nerd. I'm a cryptozoologist myself. I study that stuff. And everything. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So we basically, I wanted to make, we, you know, we wanted to make a movie that was like our luck. Cause there was a book when I was growing up. It's called Monsters You Never Heard Of by uh, Daniel Cohen. And I love that book. 
And I was like, I kind of want to do like a movie version of that book. So we got a couple people together and mine was, I was like, I'm, I'm picking something that a lot of people don't know about. There's these things in Ohio called the melon heads. And I said, I'm doing the melon heads. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know so, all about them. Yeah. So I got, so I did the melon heads. We shot mine. Got, that's where I first met my, the actress from, uh, from trespassers and, uh, uh, Four Spirit, Sable Grydell, that's the first thing she and I ever worked on together. That's where I first met her was on that. And um, so we shot it, and then the film kind of, it, it kind of fell apart. Like everyone bailed out, and everyone didn't want to help anyone after that. Like it was just a big mess. So I said, well, at least we have a short. I was like, maybe we can like put it in a short film some, you know, sometime later. We can, we can just take it to a, or a, uh, a festival. So then I got into helping uh, Justin with the barn and that, and then I told him about the idea, and he loved the idea. And he goes, dude, let's resurrect it. And since you helped me you know, with my movie, I'm going to help you bring this movie back. So I, re- I had a story idea for him. I wrote it, and he directed his segment. And then we just started bringing in other guys that we met along the way to do their segments. And, again, some people bailed out. Some people, different things happened. So it kept dragging on, but we finally got everyone together. But what kind of helped, like, I mean, it kind of sucked that it took so long. But one of the good things was we actually got Joe Bob because it took so long. So we were able to build up enough, you know. Yeah, I was going to say something about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you have him. He's going to be yeah. uh, one of the main characters. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's the DJ. He's the Art Bell type character. So, um, and that's a cool thing because it's like we pay, like, I think you get your money's worth of Joe Bob. It's not like, like, um. It's not like say like how Ari was in the first barn where he's in there for like a couple like a couple minutes like as you know on TV and then he's gone. Uh, it pretty much movie opens with Joe Bob. Joe Bob scattered throughout. Joe Bob ends it. So he's throughout the whole thing. So you get Joe Bob the whole the whole movie. Okay. And um, we had a couple uh, directors. One of them uh, he he unfortunately got sick with cancer, but then he he beat it. So we held out for him because we didn't want to be like, oh, sorry, dude, like, tough luck, bye, we'll find someone else. We, we stayed, and luckily he, you know, thank God he's a nice guy. He, he recovered, and he finished his segment, so we're, we're ready to go with that. And I said I'm happy with uh, the way everything was going, just we're trying to get everything. We're in the uh, post process now, like everything's being edited, and we're on we need some visual effects, and we're working on Foley and things like that. But we're, we're hoping to have it out by next year. Like by maybe summer of next year, what we're hoping. So, so in time for Gross Fest. Yeah, and we and we do have uh, we have a great poster for it by Mark Schoenbach who did the barn poster. Uh, The Cryptids poster is like killer. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it looks awesome. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Grabbing just from the poster, you know, it grabs you and makes you want to watch the film. Just that poster. That poster took a long time. and when we finally got it, I was like, dude, it was worth the wait. I was like, this this thing, I was like, I would snag this thing up in a heartbeat. <laughs> Your Force of Fear poster is really killer, too. That was actually done, well, so I kind of designed what I wanted, and I gave it to Rocky Gray, who's the uh, creator of the 1031 movies, and he, he just did that for me uh, himself, and I thought he did a great job on it, too. I was really happy. I was like, dude, this looks amazing. I was like, I love this. Yep. So uh, I'd be remiss to a- if I didn't ask you about um, 
since this is our Halloween special, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Halloween. So um, how do you celebrate Halloween? And do you watch horror films during this time? or, or you uh, know? Yeah. That- so I don't decorate, but only because we basically make Halloween movies all the time. So yeah. Yeah. it's just kind of like, so I, I kind of have more, right. I, I have a more like quiet holiday. I mean, I love the season. So I go to a lot of haunted houses. Um, Obviously, if there's like, I can't wait for Halloween Kills, I'm super excited for that. Yes. But I have my own, like, I'll usually have my own, like, little Halloween countdown, like, where I'll throw in movies that I love. Like, one of my favorite movies I love is uh, Night of the Demons. So I'll usually throw that in uh, close to Halloween, if not Halloween night. Wait, and, is that the original or the remake? Uh, the original. I, I like the remake, but it's definitely not the original. The original is yeah. the best. Yeah, John gave me crap for that too because I really like that remake. I like, I, I actually like it a little bit more than the original. Although the original is one of the first horror films I ever watched, so you know it always sticks with me. But I, I, I really enjoyed that remake. Just yeah, it's the more remake. Fun, you know, so. The remake was it was pretty good. Um, you know what disappointed I, I, me about that remake? What's that? You know what disappointed me about that remake? What's that? Um, and I'm not trying to be mean to any of the cast members, but. Like they had Tiffany Sheppis and they didn't have her in a major role. And I'm I like, I agree with that. And I don't know if you knew, like, I heard, like, not too long after that, and I'd asked her at a show, they were supposed to do a sequel to it, and she was supposed to be Angela in the, yeah. in the sequel, or somehow maybe be the demon that possessed Aunt, which she was supposed to come back as the main demon. And I was oh, like, man, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And then it just kind of never came to fruition. And I was like, that's a bummer because that probably would have been great. She probably should have been Angela, honestly, in the uh, the remake. One of the well, she she would have been one of the leads for sure. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but I mean, Tiffany Sheppis was like you have like a great actress who's already established, and you're not using her. Yeah, she only had like that weird kind of like little like cameo, but it was like an extended yeah. cameo. Like, but, um. So what some of the newer ones like I've I've been getting into a lot. Well, another classic one I love which is Hell Night with Linda Blair. I love that movie too. Yeah, that's a fantastic film. And uh, I always loved um, Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. Like that's one of my favorite of the Halloween movies. I always watch that as well. Yeah, like you know, there's a. Uh... Is it that one or is it a part five? It has the party scene where they're out in the yeah, that is that one, right? Part four. Yeah. Four is the, four is the yeah. one where he basically kind of incapacitates mm. the town and he comes in looking for his niece. Like he wakes up from the coma and then oh, uh, that's uh part five. But five's the one where uh the the runner that five's the one with the party, I think we were thinking about whether the the barn dance or the barn party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's part five. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know them, but it's I've I've seen them so many times. Stuff runs together. Right. <laughs> so, but those those are usually the ones I uh, I throw in and watch. I and then there's like weird ones in there. I'll throw in like uh, I even like like real cheesy ones. There's one. It's like it's pretty corny, but I like this one called Pumpkin Carver. It's kind of, it's kind of a shitty movie, but I kind of love it. That's and, a, that's uh, uh, that's kind of a cult classic, you know. It's a li- uh, it's got a little following, not a lot, uh, a big one. Yeah, it's so exactly what you're talking about. I actually like that film too. So yeah, I don't know why I do, but I I do. I like it just yeah. like uh, 
there's an 80s Hacker Lantern. That, that, that's kind of a shitty movie, too, but I love Hacker Lantern. I don't know why I love it, but I do. I just think it's, it, it's like, it's B, it's B movie cheesy done right, where, you know, it's, I, I, have a, I have a problem with, like, movies that try to force camp. I like movies that they kind of fall on their face a little bit because the people were really trying. If it's kind of a crap movie, I like it better when it's kind of like accidentally that, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I don't like forced camp because it kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. So what are your thoughts on, uh, since, uh, you know, since we're talking about a little bit of this stuff, uh, you know, we have the new uh, Candyman and Chucky and Scream coming out. What are your thoughts on that stuff? Uh, I probably when I was younger, I'd probably be excited, but as I get older, I'm just like, man, we've been here and done this. Can we not like <laughs> do something? Yeah, I I will say out of them all, like I've never been a, a child's play big fan, so like those movies are like kind of nothing to me. I, I like the first one, that's probably about it. Um, I'd say out of them all, Scream Five probably has my most interest, only because I'm trying to figure out like what they're gonna like. Like what's gonna happen? Like, yeah, is it two killers or one killer or what are they doing? Yeah, like what the angle is gonna <laughs> be? Like, um, because I'm thinking, because honestly, three, three was kind of crap. Like that was a dumb. Yeah. Like, four, four was okay. I just say it was an okay movie. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe five they kind of pull things out a little yeah. bit, shake it up. Screen five is making me feel old because. Apparently, the plot is the killer is coming after, like, the children and relatives, uh, like, of the original killers or something. And it's, like, it's the surviving actors and they're, they're like, kids at this point who are teenagers. And yeah. it's just like, oh, Jesus, when did I get so old? I know, that's how I feel. I'm like, like, it's weird because you'll think about a movie. And it's, it's funny how that's how movies are, like, timeless because you'll think. Oh man, I remember watching that. And you'll go, man, was that really that long ago? Was that really twenty years ago or whatever? You know, like, yeah. like, like was it was Scream really that long ago? And you're like, wow, I guess it was. Like, Holy crap, I didn't feel like it, but it is. Yeah, because you know when Scream came out in '95, you know, and now it's like, oh man, you, you know. Yeah. Although it seems like it still seems like it was yesterday, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're always like, no, it definitely wasn't yesterday. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, as you, as we get older, you know, you start seeing these uh, things that, you know, to you were, were brand new. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, 20 years down the line. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I work with some of these at like the actors now I, I work with. There's a, I usually try and keep like the same core group because I like them. And I, you know, I, like I trust them. They, they always give me what I want and stuff like that. And um, some of the newer ones I've been working with, a couple, in fact, a couple of the girls from, uh, Hack in the box. They're like really young, and it's like I'll bring up because older, some of my older actors, I've or you know people I work with, I'm like, hey, um, referencing this, and I'll say it, and they'll go, yes. I'll give them, I go this, and they're like, we have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, it's right. You guys are like super young. I forget. And I was like, you guys have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just talking Greek to you. And it's um, it's funny because a lot of them haven't even watched horror movies. Like my the one actress I worked with just told me a week ago she just watched Scream for the first time. I'm like, you just saw Scream for the first time? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, she's been out for like and these girls are like in their like twenties. 
Yeah, like it's a staple. <laughs> they're on, but they're on TV like all the. I mean, you would figure growing up like at some point you. That'd be like if someone came up to me now and be like, "I never saw Die Hard." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about? Like, how could you never see Die Hard? <laughs> like, just bizarre that you know. It's, yeah, it's weird because like you said, time's getting away from me because I guess those are considered like old movies. I don't know if people watch old movies. Like, it's gotta be new. Doesn't have doesn't have Captain America. I don't like it. <laughs> I work at a college, and every 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 October, I'll be like talking about people will be like, "Oh, you're the movie gay. What should I watch?" And I'm like, I always go like, "Well, you should watch Halloween." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that old one." And I'm like, "No, the original." Well, that's not the original. No. The original's from 1978. Oh, my mom saw that when she was in high school, and I just, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, I feel young, but then when I look back at some of these films I saw in the theater, and I'm like, wow, man, like, <laughs> it's making me feel feel my age, so. Have you, did you guys, did you guys watch Malignant? Actually, I, I have not. Yeah, I haven't. I love it. It's great. I have wanted to check it out. I just, I, I'm that type of person that when stuff first comes out and everybody goes crazy and gives their opinions of it and stuff, I like to wait till it dies down and then I can watch it without it, you know, anybody's opinion affecting my, you know, my own opinion. It, so. it reminded me of like an old, like a Wes Craven movie. Like it, like it, it kind of had the same feel as like Shocker and things like that. Yeah, um, I love Shocker. The, actually, the best, it's not Wes Craven, one, but the best movie I thought that, that kind of stuck in my mind that it kind of reminded me was, was like that not, like early 90s horror, like uh, Body Parts. Oh, with, yeah. yeah oh, they, that's, that's, if, if you like that, you'll like Malignant. All right, yeah. Now you kind of sold me on that because I'm, you know, I'm a huge Carpenter fan. He actually is my favorite director of all time with my favorite movie being Halloween and actually share a birthday with Carpenter, so that's kind of cool. But, awesome. um, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, I, I definitely will check that out because Body Bags is is a, just one of those classic. Not, not, body, not, body, not body Bags, but, uh, Body Parts. Did I say Body Bags or Body Parts? Oh, 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 oh yeah, Body Parts. Body, the, the one no, with yeah. Jeff. I, I got that wrong. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they graph the killer's arm onto him and his yeah. arm starts like, yeah, it's it reminded yeah. me of that type of movie, like oh, that. Okay. okay, I got you now. Okay. Like that early '90s, like kind of like people under the stairs, like like that type of uh, horror film. So, um, as we're getting close to uh, uh, wrapping up here, I wanted to ask you about um, tr uh, treaters, and can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you got the campaign yeah. going for it right now. Yeah. So we, yes, yeah, so we we're getting ready to go. We. Um, got enough money you know unfortunately we didn't really hit our goal we needed but it hit enough to start out so i think we're, we're gonna be pretty good um we're great because yeah, crowdfunding is so hard anymore man it's it's rough like i don't know if it's because oversaturation of it or there might have been like a lot of people that originally had started were like not coming through with the projects or whatever but it, it's really hard anymore to crowdfund to a certain degree you could probably make I think a certain amount, but if you're going above that without some kind of 
big, you know, big thing. Like I got Arnold Schwarzenegger in my movie or something, you know, something, you know, some crazy or something like that. You're probably not going to get funded if you're asking way too much. There's definitely a level you have to hit. And, um, yeah. So we, we got enough to get us started. So I think we're going to be good, but I mean, everyone's excited for it. I'm, I'm super excited to do it because we, we took the original trailer and we kind of turned it like, it sort of plays the same, but there's also different things because we didn't want it to be just, oh, we know what happens when you watch the trailer. Because the trailer itself is like a mini movie almost, kind of has a beginning, a middle, and end, kind of. So we um, we kept certain things, we changed things. Uh, I'm fairly certain all but one of the actors is in it. They all came back. So i'm pretty excited about that and we have some interesting characters and uh we shot a little scene like because we for the campaign we did like a little scene we actually got went to a theater because the characters in the movie work in a movie theater and we actually shot part of the theater scene and it, it came out great like it looks really good we want the characters to be kind of funny and likable in the beginning kind of i guess we're gonna kind of go for like night of the creeps kind of vibe for like you kind of like the characters and then and then they start getting wrecked and you're like oh man that sucks <laughs> like i actually like that person <laughs> die horribly so but that's kind of we went we think it's gonna be we're fairly confident people are really gonna enjoy it there's some uh there's some off the wall stuff in it. uh so what is kind of the plot synopsis if you can give us that yeah so basically what the the synopsis is uh, there's this group of internet uh, kind of like legend trippers. They're called the Shadow Girls, and they're they're kind of getting a hit in the comments section. If you're reading the comments section of anything on YouTube or like that, they're just getting blasted. So they're they're kind of trying to up their game. They're allowing uh, viewers to send them places and they like, challenge them, and they'll go places. And this mysterious character says, "Oh, I know a place to go." and uh, they follow her, uh, you know, her legend, and she she actually her stipulation she has to go along. So she meets up with them. They go along, and they also bring along this local horror hostess that has like a really crappy public acting television show. And then when they go out looking for this legend, they kind of get lost, and they end up going and they find this um, like a town, like a mysterious town full of like ghouls, basically, and. Uh, the ghouls have their own like version of trick or treating. Like there's which we invent, you get like introduced to the treaters, what the treaters are, and they kind of um, they they have to appease the treaters because if the treaters don't get what they want, then they their version of tricking, which is uh, pretty much terrorize the town and uh, become monstrous. <laughs> so gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty crazy people like monsters and blood and gore and things like that they'll, they'll love it so this is, is it uh based on halloween i mean i'm yeah. assuming okay yep it's awesome. based on halloween yep you know the girls are all in like they got cool costumes and uh and everything like they're gonna be in costumes and now because they're, they're doing it for halloween then they're going to, they're supposed to go to a party afterwards but they never make it they get they get pulled up in this adventure so i always kind of like movies were like like Hell Knight, with their own like costumes and stuff, it just kind of makes them stand out a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, so they're all in like costumes and stuff, and uh, the the lead 
um, the one actress, my my actress I work with, Sable Grydell, and she's my co-creator of the movie. Uh, she chose, she chose to be a like she's in a gorilla outfit, but like without the head, she, she's gonna be a party gorilla. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> she, I think what the free reason means because she's in these other movies and she's like always cold. She's like, well, now I'm not gonna be cold because I'm in a gorilla suit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever you say. Okay. So it's pretty funny, but no, I think I think people will, will like it. I said we're, again, we're going for an '80s vibe. Um, we got some cool bands already. Like, there's a band called Fighter V that uh, we've got involved. Uh, there's a local girl. Her name her name's Heidi Engel. She does a song for the movie. Uh, one of the actors, I mean Ben Beatles, he does a song, and they all all the all the songs I think are awesome. So we got some like cool tunes in the movie. Um, like I said, there's some wacky deaths. Uh, little fun stuff. I say, I really, if you like fun, you'll like this movie. <laughs> and and your, is your campaign's still going, and that's Indiegogo? No, the, cam- the campaign's actually done. We, we oh. actually, we wrapped like about a couple weeks ago, actually. Oh, okay. And, uh, but I mean, people want to hit us up and donate. We're more than welcome. I mean, we'll, we'll take donations anytime. So they can hit us up and, uh, I said, well, we'll still honor if people want to hit us up, even though the campaign's done. Uh, just look on the Indiegogo thing, hit us up, and if you want to donate, we'll, we'll give you the perk. It's fine. So we got, we have a couple cool perks. We got like, uh, you get the movie, or you get a poster signed by the cast and crew. Uh, I think there's like a, a higher tier one where you could be like, uh, or you can get like um, a mug with the shadow, with the Shadow Girls logo on it. Uh, a bunch of fun stuff, stickers. It's stickers made, and so. yeah, and I, I highly suggest going to support you and donating some money to any of the films that you do because everything you're doing is just fantastic and amazing, and I'm you know I'm excited to watch some of these stuff, some of these uh, films you have coming out soon. So, oh, thank you. I'm so uh, so happy you guys enjoy it. it. Makes me happy. So I'm sure it makes the uh, the cast and crew happy because they do. Uh, they do busted butts, and I said I have a great cast and crew. I mean, I, I, I love those guys. They're so great. They work hard. Um, you know, they don't they don't complain really at all. As you just said, and everyone's just like a family. We all take care of one another, and it's awesome. And I said uh, I like making movies with them, and I'll, that's why I decided to kind of stick to a core group usually. I mean, we'll we'll bring people in, but like uh, I like working with the same people because they just you know they give everything and they don't really. They just want to make art, like fun art, just like all of us. It's not really about making. We we try to pay them, but like sometimes we can't. They don't care. They're like, no, we just like doing it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, if I lived out there where you were at, I'd I'd volunteer, no problem. I wouldn't care about getting paid. Just the fact to have fun, be on the set and stuff. Because like I said, the stuff you're doing is phenomenal. So. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, treaters. Uh, Treaters was one of my, like I said, one of my favorite things. I just recently, I got a Black Magic uh, pocket cam, and I filmed this thing, uh, just messing around with a couple of the, the people. It's called, it was called Grave Stalkers. I put it on my Facebook, and I like, I like that too. I thought that was real fun. I mean, real quick, these people are gonna break into a mausoleum and fight some kind of monster, and uh, I was like, that might be a future project. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome i'm always up for anything monster related i mean if the title of my podcast doesn't tell you enough or or my name <laughs> here. That's, that's why john uh john hale john hale's who's my uh he's my cinematographer in this movie 
this actually one I'm not actually shooting this. He's actually in it. And um, he's a big monster fan too. Like both of us are like, so we're, we're totally always geeking out about monster stuff. In fact, they just announced Synapse Films is bringing out this 80s movie called The Kindred from like uh, back in the day about this mutant monster. And it's, it's a really badass flick and they're finally bringing it out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I remember watching that back in the 80s or whenever, yeah, 80s, early 90s, something like yeah. that. Because uh-huh. yeah. we had we had a couple cool, really uh, cool video play, uh, rental places out here that were that kept huge horror selections. So for you know, if you couldn't find it at Blockbuster or you know, you're you know, you could go to one of the local uh, shops out here and find. Uh, we we even had one uh, store that opened up and it was just specifically just completely horror films. So that was really cool. It didn't last long, but I mean, you know, it was around for like a year or so. But yeah, so. You know, just uh, some of those old, uh, you know, because there's this one we had, he had a huge selection. You could find all the old films and stuff. That's where I found a lot of the stuff and get, I kind of got hooked into horror, you know, just browsing the selections on the shelves and seeing these old films and, you know, just wondering what they, you know, what they were like and taking them home and renting them. And, oh, uh, yeah. There's, there used to be a place uh, down the hill for me. It was called K Street Video. And they had five movies for five bucks for five days. <laughs> I used to like clean them out and just watch movies like all the time. And that's where I found Neon Maniacs. And I was like, man, Neon Maniacs is shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and John are two old Blockbuster employees. So we spent plenty of times perusing the aisles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as we wrap up here, I just wanted to give you a chance to um, uh, plug any of your stuff you have and uh, where can people follow you at and, and pay attention to what you got going on. Sure. So the best place right now is just go on Facebook, um, Zane Hirschberger. You can look me up. I'm always, I usually use my, I basically use my, uh, you know, my uh, page just to promote a lot of our stuff. And um, I actually made a separate page called Silver Springs Films on there too. And I, I have, yeah, I put stuff on there. Uh, my main page is just my name. It's usually the one where I, I do a lot. If people want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Messenger. That's fine. Force um, Fear is out and available. New screen team releasing. If you want to check that out, on uh, a Blu-ray. Try to pack a Blu-ray full of fun stuff, so I hope people would watch it and like it. And 1031, and after all those, uh, The Barn, 1031, 1031 Part 2, they're all through screen team releases as well. So I'd encourage people to watch those, because they're, they're pretty fun, especially around this time of year. And hopefully 1031 Part 3 will be coming out soon, so we're on the post section of that, and also in the post part of uh, cryptids so hopefully we'll be getting that out next year and then the barn two is wrapping in fact that's being edited right now so next year we we got a lot of fun stuff coming up so i hope everyone you know is, is ready for all the crap we have coming out there's a lot of it yeah we're, we're always excited and uh anything you want to send our way we'll be happy to review and, and watch and i mean we'd be more than honored to watch anything you make so yep Definitely. Well, thanks. I really appreciate you guys. Like I said, uh, I mean, the cast and crew appreciate it too. Like I said, um, we always get tickled pink with people. I, I let a couple of people listen to your interview. They, my, uh, my hair and makeup girl, uh, Tabitha, Tabitha Raider, uh, she said she was teared up when she listened to your interview. <laughs> or your, or your, review, your review of the uh, of Force yeah. of Fear. 
Yeah, well, that makes it worthwhile then. At least we know that we're making somebody happy with our our little crappy reviews we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, I I was I was so happy because you guys picked up on a lot of stuff that I was hoping people would like, like the twists and all that stuff. So, like for Force and Fear, I was like, man, I hope people like the twists and that. You guys really seem to enjoy it. So that made me happy. Yep. It it um. Again, man. Well, honestly, you haven't made anything that I've seen yet that I didn't enjoy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'll, I'll, keep, we... I'll keep pulling stuff out of my uh, my notebooks. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, please do. Eventually, hopefully, we can get the whole notebook made if possible. I mean, you know, yeah. you, I know you said you can't, but you know, you could try. <laughs> well, I said, yeah. So, all right, well, we'll let you go. Um, we appreciate you coming on, taking some time out of your day to talk to us. It was fantastic. And um, sure. we'll have to have you back on again at some point and talk more about, uh, you know, when the barn comes out and, and treaters and, and cryptids and all that stuff. So, yeah, that'd be great, guys. I, I appreciate it so much. Cool. Thanks. Sure. Have a nice evening. You too. And a happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash It caught on in a flash He did the mash He did the monster mash for my love, Notari, in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To catch a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash He did the monster mash